This reading will serve as the basis for today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today's message is the gospel lesson from Mark that Vicar Rob read for us just a few moments ago, the transfiguration of Jesus. During this season of Epiphany, we have done our best to both uncover and to discover the different facets of God's heart. We have discovered the heart of our true King and His power and His authority over all of creation. We've discovered that God's heart knows us so intimately and that he desires that we be with him in his mission so that more can come to faith in Jesus Christ and that we might share in the very joy of heaven when that happens. We've discovered that God has a heart that is set upon healing us up to and including that removal of death so that all things can be made new. Today we continue that discovery as we finish this small journey into our sermon series, Discover the Heart of God. Today the Father reveals to us the true and unchanging divine nature of Jesus. And this is done through the Father withdrawing that veil that covers Jesus' divine glory. In essence, the man before the disciples on that mountaintop, that high mountaintop, the man that Peter has already confessed to as the Christ, is truly God. Yes, this is a mystery. But it also means that Jesus is our creator. Jesus is the one who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and has marked off the heavens with a span. Jesus is the one who has enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales in the hills in a balance. Jesus is the one who stretched the heavens like a curtain and spread them like a tent to dwell in. 
He is the one who calls every star by its name. He is the one who calls us his people. He is the Lord, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. It also means that he is the one who questioned Job. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Who determined its measurements? Who stretched a line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together with all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? Where were you when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed its limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far you shall come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Now, there is more to God's answer to Job, but I think that's probably enough. Those questions from God to Job shed light on why the disciples were so afraid when they heard the voice of the Father. But since Jesus is now revealed as God, it also brings to us a renewed reverence for the second person of the Trinity, or as Mark puts it, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yes, this is a mystery. But how does all of this show us the heart of God? That is, that is our quest today. And the answer lies within the discussion between Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Now Luke records that they were discussing Jesus' departure. And the Greek word for that departure is exodus. That rings a bell, doesn't it? In the Old Testament book of Exodus, God in his mercy acts to bring the Jews up out of Egypt from their bonds of slavery. In this process, God saves the, Jew from that tenth, the Jews from that tenth and final plague brought upon Egypt by giving them instructions to take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. By doing this at the appointed time, the angel of death will pass over their homes and their firstborn will be spared. Now the key here is that this blood wasn't their blood. It was the blood of another. In this case, an unblemished lamb. 
Now, after bringing them out of Egypt, the Egyptians had a change of heart and pursued the Jews, backing them up against the Red Sea. Again, God in his mercy parted the waters and brought them through the waters on dry ground to safety on the other side. Paul describes this event in his first letter to the Corinthian church as Israel being baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The very sea that God holds back and determines its place. The Exodus for Jesus includes a baptism. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus says, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. The baptism of which Jesus speaks is the cross. It is his life given, his blood shed to pay for the sin of the world, to redeem it and to usher in restoration. But this Exodus discussion with Moses and Elijah is more than Christ's crucifixion and death. It also includes his burial and his resurrection, his ascension to the Father, and his coming again. To help us see how our own Exodus is now wrapped in the Exodus of Jesus. Let's take a look at the quick look at the Exodus of the Jews. The first thing to realize within the story of the Exodus of the Jews is that God's judgment still comes. The judgment against the firstborn affects all of Egypt, even Pharaoh's house and those Jews who did not put blood on their doorposts and lintel. Those who followed the Lord's command and put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts and lintel, received God's mercy, that is, His grace, with the passing over the angel of death because of the blood. And remember, it wasn't their blood. It was the blood of another, an unblemished lamb. In the exodus of Jesus, God's judgment still comes. God places the judgment for our sins upon Jesus on the cross of Calvary. In the exodus of Jesus, we too have received God's mercy due to the blood of another shed in our place, namely the blood of the unblemished Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God Himself. In the exodus of the Jews, God baptizes the entire nation of Israel as they pass through the waters of the Red Sea. In the exodus of Jesus, it is Jesus' blood that washes us clean, and he now brings us into his church through the waters of our baptism. In the exodus of the Jews, God brings provision to sustain life. Manna and water and quail are given to feed them, and the law is given to sustain their faith as his people in the exodus of Jesus, God continues to sustain us physically in life, but he does more. He continues to bring and sustain faith through the hearing of his holy word and the partaking of his holy sacraments. 
In the exodus of the Jews, God continued to dwell with them, not only through the pillar of cloud and fire, but by dwelling with them in the tabernacle. In the exodus of Jesus, Jesus sends his spirit to dwell within us. In holy baptism, God's Spirit enters in, forgiving sins and promising us a resurrection just like Jesus. God's forgiveness, His mercy, and faith are received here. And all of this comes at a great cost to God. The sacrifice of His unblemished Son, Jesus Christ. In the exodus of the Jews, God guides his people by leading them with that pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and in giving his law to guide and keep his people in their covenant. But in the exodus of Jesus, Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to guide us in our faith as we interact with his holy word. In the exodus of Jesus, Jesus keeps the covenant between us and God. We are contained, safe and secure in the exodus of Jesus. In his exodus, we see the very heart of God to save us and sustain us and to dwell with us. Until that time of completion when Jesus comes again in glory and majesty to make all things new. To aid us and to aid our sight into his heart. God brings us this story of Jesus' transfiguration so that we might see God himself at work in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus for our good. And what does this transfiguration give us? He gives us the same thing that it gave the disciples a glimpse into the very majesty, radiance, power, and authority of Jesus Christ. Hear the testimony of the apostles John and Peter from that transfiguration moment. John writes, And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Peter writes, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain. With the testimony of these two witnesses that Jesus is the Christ, the very Son of God, how have you responded to the commands of your Lord? Especially after hearing the Father say, listen to him. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Forgive one another. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive, writes Paul. 
Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them all that I have commanded you. How are you doing at keeping those three commands of your Lord? Are you falling a bit short? If you were anything like me, you would have abandoned Jesus at the cross. Right along with those two witnesses of his transfiguration, Peter and James. Do you see your slavery to sin and your need for a savior? Well, take heart. For through the exodus of Jesus, God has acted to bring you out of your slavery to sin. Thankfully, listen to him means that we receive more than just Christ's commands. We also receive his promises and his statements of our newborn reality in him. All by faith. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up at the last day. So take heart. I have overcome the world. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary has paid for your sins. His resurrection from the grave has defeated death itself for you. The transfiguration of Jesus is proof that the kingdom of God has come, as Mark now proclaims in his gospel. And yes, it is still a mystery. But repent and believe the gospel. In your baptism, you were buried with Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins so that you might have a resurrection just like his. He is coming in this meal that we are about to partake. For Scripture teaches us that Jesus comes to us in his body and blood. They are present in this meal. Even though you cannot see Jesus, he is here. He is there. Yes, the sacraments themselves are still a mystery. Ash Wednesday is coming this week. It marks the new beginning of the season of Lent. As we move into this new season, remember the transfiguration of Jesus and remember his power, his authority, and what you have witnessed regarding his heart for you.
Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our weekly awakening question this week, the question you get to take with you and ponder as you go about the week and remember this gospel lesson is this. How does the revealing of Jesus' divinity shed new light on your life and his love for you? How does the revealing of Jesus' divinity shed new light on your life and his love for you? Amen.